welcome back to another episode of Clock In, Vibe Out. I am your host, Reina, and I am so excited for this week's episode. Today, I am joined by one of my favorite multimedia artists. She happens to also be the founder of the brand Sorry Dad, and overall, she is just a beacon of female empowerment. This week's guest, Callie Rockowitz. Wow, I wish you could see me blushing. I have never had an intro like that. I love <laughs> Callie, you are my first guest who I actually don't know at all. So thank you first and foremost for coming on the show. I have not had an artist on the show either, so I am really excited to get your perspective on some things. I have been a fan of Callie's work for about a year now. She launched her brand, Sorry Dad, last February. And I was obsessed with the Instagram page right off the bat. And then I started following some of the series that you do. Yeah, I slid in Callie's DMs and she so graciously accepted to be on the show. And now here we are. (laughs) I am happy to be here. I get a lot of DMs from really cool women and I'm never one to like not be answering them, especially if like the vibe is right. And I've met some really cool girls. Like I met a girl, she just DM me. She moved to LA. She's like, want to get coffee? She's a photographer. She wanted to work on art and concept, like content creation. And now we're like best friends. So I'm all about meeting new people, just meeting new women who are trying to, you know, get their stuff off the ground. I'm all about it. With that being said, let's just go ahead and dive right in. I wanted to first kind of start with just like an overview of your career because I did my research and I did see that you've been painting since you were like three years old. Yes, I started painting when I was three. My parents used to just like throw art supplies around me and some stuff to paint or draw on and just let me go at it. I never really took many classes or anything. I just seemed to gravitate towards it. So fast forward, I did it till I was like 18. And then I stopped because I went to college. I did the corporate life. I thought I was, you know, you kind of give up those things to grow up a little bit. And then I turned 28. And I was just like, Nah, I I did that. I tried that. Like school, corporate life is not not how I want to spend my days. So I just, you know, pursued art again, circle back 10 years later. (laughs) I think that's amazing that you were able to come back to it. I moved a bunch when I was younger because my dad was in the military and I did theater and music and everything like that until I was about like 13, 14. And then I remember going into high school. I just kind of felt very much so like there was like, oh, like the theater kids were weird and like, oh, like the sports kids were cool. And I'd always done sports too. So I was like, okay, like I'm in this new place. Uh, I want to be cool. I want to have friends and I want to be liked and everything. So I kind of strayed away from that. And now that I've had time to reflect on it, I wish so much that I hadn't stepped away from what it is that I really do love, but it is nice to be able to still have that passion. I try not to kick myself for like losing those 10 years, but then I like look back and I think about who I was during those 10 years. I don't think I would have liked the art I would have created back then. I think there are life experiences I had to go through. You just got to trust the timing of it all. So yeah. (laughs) What was the turning point for you when you realized that... (laughs) You weren't really into the suit and tie corporate life kind of thing. I think it was a long time coming. Um, but I mean, the the specific turning point was like a minor panic attack I had before work one day. <laughs> and I like called my mom and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, super emotional. And I was like, trying to talk it out with her. She was the one that suggested possibly that this is not the life I want to be living. Like I'm complacent with art and I'm complacent with my job. 
if I'm doing both, like I have one foot in my comfort zone with like a nine to five, 401 K that like, I only paint like sometimes. So risk it for the biscuit. And I just, I think a couple days later I put in my two weeks notice and I was just like, super grateful for that job. And I, I lo- I've loved for the most part, my corporate life, but it was just expired at that point. I didn't have a plan, but I was just like, I have to do it. And it's worked out so far. It's only been about a little over a year since I quit my job. So go team. <laughs> well, congratulations. It looks like you are doing very well for yourself since that one year. I do think that it's hard to give up that comfort that you have with those corporate jobs, just because I feel like a big part of it is establishment. And I have kind of been thinking about the concept of being established for quite a while now because when you're younger, you don't really know how the world works. And I still don't know how the world works. Nobody really does. But anyways, that's not the point. I have zero idea how the world works either. And I'm like 31. So, (laughs) Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. But I think that something that people don't take into consideration a lot of time, I know it's something that I definitely haven't considered, is that Things take so long to grow. And when we're taught about success, a lot of times we equate that with things that have been established, which is so crazy because how are we supposed to be like establishments that have been around for thousands and thousands? Well, not thousands. That's a bit dramatic, but a very long time and still also be pushed to be creative and go out on our own and start these new things. But they're measured against things that have already been there for so, so long. So I think that It is very, very important to be able to acknowledge where your comforts lie and what comforts might be holding you back rather than actually helping you. Well, especially in this country, we're sold like the high school, college, you know, corporate job, family, house, like kids, all that stuff. There's a lot of things you have to unlearn, especially if you want to be in some sort of creative role. There's a lot of stuff you have to unlearn to realize that it's okay to not be doing those, especially on the timeline that you were told you had to do them on. The wild west out here. (laughs) It really, really is. I think the internet changed the world drastically. And like the millennials are the first generation that has had to deal with the ginormous shift in society since then. So I think we're, we're just winging it at this point. We're trying to, we're trying to keep up with how fast the internet is evolving us. It's crazy. (laughs) That's so true. I am really happy though that everybody is kind of winging it together. It's like the blind leading the blind. Anyways, I do want to talk about Sorry Dad because Sorry Dad is one of my favorite brands and I think it's a really powerful tool that you have created for not only women but everyone. It's a very accepting space. It's very empowering. Sorry Dad, for those of you who don't know, is Callie's brand and it focuses on simplicity, vulnerability, and empowerment. How was Sorry Dad born? Painting is like my core. Painting is physically taxing on me. And like, I don't, I'm not like traumatized enough to have enough epic concepts to be painting like every day. So I wanted to find a way to like be creative in the interim and like be able to sit on my couch and be creative, be able to travel and be creative, like have something in the palm of my hand where I could either just like map out what my paintings are going to be or just kind of create on my own. I started making line drawings because it's been a popular art form and it just seemed very therapeutic for me. And I I love disappointing my parents. Like they love everything I do, but it's like kind of funny to like do all this fuckery and have them be like laughing at me. Anyways, I started making erotic. Like, art. you go, girl. 
Yeah, they're like, I'm not going to look, but as long as you're paying the bills, like I'm here for it. (laughs) One day I was just showing the art to my friend's dad. And then under my breath, I just whispered, sorry, dad. And I was like, holy fucking shit. We were pretty (laughs) drunk. Like we were drinking at a bar in like West LA. And on the spot, we we got the domain, we got the Instagram handle. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, and but I'll figure it out. And then it just evolved. I'm a big fan of black and white. I'm a minimalist. It, nothing has flowed out of me more organically than Sorry Dad. And so it's hard for me to like walk you through the process because it wasn't mechanical at all. It just I just kind of did it. And I was yeah. like, this is like me to a T. I mean, I'm not as overtly sexual in like my everyday life. Like when I have like a partner or I'm like really into someone, that's when like the sorry dad comes out in me. But like my everyday <laughs> life, like people approach me in the DMs and they're like, they think I'm like down to fuck or whatever, just like getting all raunchy. And I'm like, bro, this is not me. This is just my brand. And I'm kind of here on my own sexual journey along with everyone else. But I feel like sometimes it gives people the wrong impression. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where it came from. <laughs> that's so iconic that it happened just out of the blue like that. That is insane. Yeah, I I wasn't planning on starting a business in 2020, but here we are. <laughs> well, 2020 had plans for you. I do think that it's funny that you brought up that that's a brand and that's a part of you, but that is not your entire essence. But the internet can be nasty sometimes, and I am sure that you get some crazy, crazy DMs. But I'm glad that you pointed out that Boardroom Cali is not Sorry Dad Cali. Exactly. <laughs> There's dimensions. <laughs> yes. There's levels to this shit. I really find the page extremely empowering. And I think that it really does help move the conversation along of just making sexuality not taboo, especially women's bodies. I was not taught much about sex growing up. Not, I wasn't really taught it was bad, but because I wasn't taught about it, I just assumed it was bad. Like through the grapevine, that's just kind of the vibe I got. I was very sexually repressed my whole life, I would say, although, you know, I have slept with a decent amount of people and, but it, it, there was not much depth to it. It was just, I thought I was, I was doing it more for intimacy. Like, I love how it's, it's obviously a sexual brand, but the reason I chose black and white, because A, I, I just love creating in black and white, but B, I think when you take skin tones out of something erotic, it kind of waters it down a little bit and makes it a little bit more digestible by the masses. And I think like when you put a full front like nude painting on there, but it's black and white, it kind of adds a little bit of touch of fine art to it. That's why I add a lot of some like emotional posts, some comedic posts. Like I want it to be more than just sex. I want people to know that there's dimensions to sex. There's romantic sex, wild makeup sex, fun sex. And I just kind of want this to be a little world that people get to live in that's just comfortable. And I get crazier DMs on my personal Instagram on Sorry Dad. I don't get like a lot of dudes sliding in with inappropriate stuff. I mostly get women thanking me or just like opening up to me. Some people just share images with me that are inspirational. The page was made for every gender, sexuality, everybody, but there's definitely a heavy female empowerment undertone. And I think women have resonated with it because I've just made so many cool new girlfriends in the DMs on that page. I just love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite series that you do is the nude oil paintings. I just think it's such a unique concept. And I think it's really cool how you are able to take people's vulnerability and make it into this beautiful art. Even though the black and white does water down the shock of 
people's nudes, I love that you can really see all of the emotion. And I also think that it's so fun to see like how other people express themselves. And also, also the fact that so many people have been so bold and willing to send you these pictures to make this art with is absolutely crazy. And I really do think that the world needs more of this. I am in shock with how many people have submitted their nudes, but I I was, I've struggled with like my self image my whole life, like my body and everything. And when I started getting a flood of these images from all different types of women, men, whoever, um, I was like, I like saw my body in a different like life. And I'm, I was empowered by everyone else who was being open and vulnerable with me. And it like totally changed my life. And it was just, it's just, I'm shocked with how many people do it, but I'm so grateful for them. And I think it's such a cool, it's, I'm just so inspired by everybody who takes it. I literally think it's the coolest thing ever. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) You have been in the process of expanding the brand. It's hard to monetize art a lot of the time, whether it be podcasts, whether it be music, whether it be physical art. Now you have merch, which is really awesome. You have a bunch of different stuff that people can purchase. So what was that process like for you? Yeah. So when I first started monetizing it, it was just the nudes. It just wasn't a sustainable business model to rely on that. So the merch helped. I started doing the merch by myself. That was getting overwhelming. So I started working with a company. Basically, I met with them and I I made a master list of just every vision I have for Sorry Dad. And so we're kind of strategically mapping out how to roll it all out and like, especially roll it, roll it all out with someone who has no capital. Like I'm trying to like make money painting, which I'm barely doing or like getting hired for other things to fund the projects for Sorry Dad. And one day I know they're all just going to pop off, but like for now we're just scrapping it and trying to roll it out as we can. But it's, it's like from the beginning, I had no idea what I was going to do with Sorry Dad. I didn't even know it was going to be a business or anything and the traction it's gotten in less than a year shows me that I just need to keep trucking. Sorry, Dad's like my baby and I want to enjoy it growing up. I don't want to like make it too crazy. All my friends love really cool t-shirts. And for all my friends, you know, who sells really cool t-shirts, sorry, Dad, go check out those shirts. <laughs> oh my God, that one shirt, the FaceTime shirt, it's almost sold out the again. The FaceTime one's my favorite. And now I know what people like. So I'm going to, I think I'm just going to roll out things that are similar to that in like different styles. And I feel like then I'll get the hang of my audience. No, I love that one. Got to give the people what they want and they want the FaceTime tea. I was like, no one's going to buy this because no one's going to be able to wear this anywhere because this is fucking insane. And then I wear it everywhere. And like, I get, I've never gotten any negative comments about it. I've gotten a lot of positive comments about it. And I'm like shocked. I thought, I, I feel like I'm going to get kicked out of the grocery store when I wear it, but hey, whatever. Show <laughs> oh, stop. Kicked <laughs> out of the grocery store. No. I frequently though, think about this TikTok that I saw and it's like, if you're not wearing an outfit that makes conservative middle-aged people give you looks, like, should you even be wearing it? Oh, Absolutely not. God. Yes, that is. That is my life motto. If I'm not picking off super conservative, like old white men, I'm not doing anything right. (laughs) Sorry, dad. (laughs) I'm not saying that it's my sole purpose in life, but like it's pretty high up there. Yeah. (laughs) True. It might be. Besides, sorry, dad, you have done some insane collaborations. So sick. And I want to dive into those a little bit. 
The first one that I saw that you did was the Someone You Love unofficial music video. It was absolutely crazy. The dancer that was dancing was insane. Your painting was insane. And I just felt like the entire thing was so passionate and emotional. I literally was sitting in my basement and it's so hot in there and I was getting goosebumps. And I was like, oh my god. And I'm literally not simping over anyone right now, but I was tearing up. I literally felt like I had just lost the love of my life. It was absurd. I love that. Yeah, that, that, I think if there was any piece of art that I've made in my life that I'm the most proud of, it would definitely be that. All my art stems from music. Usually when I hear a song, I see a scenario like that come out in my head. And then one day I was like, you know what? I need to fucking like do something with this. So I called my dancer friend and my director friend and we're just like, let's do it. Funny thing, I've been meaning to make another video like that since I made that one. It's just timing, the team, my passion and concept, nothing has aligned. But actually, there's one in the works that we're filming in March. And actually, right after this podcast, my homie, who's a cinematographer, is coming over and we're going to finish the deck for it. And it's for... You know, the artist Dermot Kennedy, Uh the whole team that's working on this video collectively loves him and would be honored to work with him in any way, shape or form. So there's a dancer involved. I'm going to do painting stuff. And then we have a director and cinematographer. And we're all just hoping that strategically, besides this being like a super meaningful piece to me, um, I feel like we're hoping to get maybe his recognition or any, any job that can kind of any of our crafts be used in the future, especially with Dermot. So it's funny that you mentioned that because that is, I'm working on that today. The next one. (laughs) That is very, very exciting. And we will definitely have to be on the lookout for that. So I'm not the only one that loves your work. Niall Horan does as well. So (laughs) that is kind of a big deal. So your paintings were featured in Niall Horan's No Judgment music video. First of all, what is it like to see such big celebrities with your work? I've been desensitized over the years. I don't know. It's it's interesting because my my friend Drew Kirsch and Stephen Balecki, they they work on these music videos with these artists and they usually need imagery and they there's a whole licensing thing. So they have me pump out paintings for these videos or for these concepts. And there's one thing about like being near a celebrity and there's one thing being involved in their art. Music is the core of I wouldn't make art unless I have music I can't paint unless there's music playing etc being involved in their work is the shocker to me where I'm just like whoa where how did I get here (laughs) most people make art to express how they feel in the hopes of connecting with other people and having them feel their version of those emotions so the fact that you're able to have your work just exposed to so many eyes and so many people have the opportunity to connect with your work is absolutely insane I know that you make a lot of different kinds of art but what is your favorite kind of art you know what's funny my least favorite art to make is paintings. (laughs) Is it really? I'm taking it as a challenge now because the process of realism is quite unpleasant for me. So I find a style that's really therapeutic for me to create. So I'm, I'm working on that. So I'll get back to you on that. But my, (laughs) my favorite type would be the concept videos, like the Lewis Capaldi one and the one that I'm working on now, like that is like, I was a dancer growing up and I was a dancer up until I moved to LA and that is my favorite art form by far because it's like movement it's life itself it's just involves music which is also my favorite art form but when I make these videos it includes painting dance film music and I just think 
when you can when you can stimulate all those senses in the audience, it's just like incredible. So I also did see that you worked on the inside out video and that the way that you worked the paint in that video is something that I've never seen before. So could you talk a little bit about what your creative role was for that video and then how you executed it? Because it was insane, Kelly. There were so many moving parts and everything was placed and executed so well and it all looked so good. Yeah. So that, that was true dream team. Like, like some of my best friends came out of that, that um, set, but I actually was at a little get together and I met this girl. I met the dancer in the video at that get together, uh, Jake, who introduced me to this girl, Penny, whose concept this was the Zed video. And Penny, um, like I told her I was a painter. She was like, we're looking for a painter. Like they're looking, they were looking for someone for that role in the, in the video and they just basically brought me on and I was just like, what is happening? This is the coolest thing I've ever done. But basically I, I did like the, the realism painting of Erica and kind of worked the paint throughout that canvas world scene. Um, creative direction was the, like the genius Penny Wild. She's amazing. And then the director, Chris Yoder, who's now like literally my best friend, he's, do, he's the director for my next concept video. So it's funny how that the world just like kind of, weaves its way together. Well, that was honestly one of the coolest videos that I think I've ever watched. And it made me want to go roll around and paint so badly. I was like, I need to I need to do more stuff like this, honestly. <laughs> it's so magical, not to be cheesy, but it's so magical to come up with an idea and then see it all the way through and actually come to life. Like you said, it's literally like bringing little babies into the world. It's amazing. But I've also kind of found on the flip side of things that sometimes it's super challenging because I always feel like creative direction is where I'm able to really express myself and come up with cool ideas and it's very freeing but but I've kind of been like bogged down by getting like the deadlines and all the pressure and all of the pressure to deliver from everybody else that comes with it and I kind of feel like sometimes I fall into a rut. Um, Have you ever like found a situation like that or does it fade over time as you get more experience this one's not just for the audience this one's for me I mean that the whole concept of making art for other people like being hired to do it being especially being paid to do it there's so much pressure that comes with that and I think the creative direction I did for the Matt Easton video like those were people I've known. And I think we just were all on the same wavelength. So I felt like it was a, it was a safe space for all of us to bounce around ideas. It was a safe space for us to create and be vulnerable and all that stuff. Creative direction though, it's such, it's like the wild west because you know, you could create anything. How do I combat the stress? Um, I just remember that I could be sitting in a cubicle and I'm not. So true. <laughs> yeah. Like every time I'm like whining about a painting deadline or being like, I can't do this or just not wanting to do it. I'm like, I could be sitting in a cubicle at H&R Block. Yeah, just typing in Excel, like, oh, you know, I, and then you're, and then you just get this, like, I don't know, you just get this, like, you're like, okay, I'm back. I'm good. I don't know her. I don't know that girl that was just complaining. <laughs> you're like, sorry, Danny. No, I can't do your taxes. I'm painting right now. Gotta go. Exactly. <laughs> I also did want to get into this a little bit because I myself am a feminist and not just for women's equality. I want to run away to a foreign country and be an activist one day. Literally, 
it just kills me that people don't have equality all over the world and that people are living in fear. And I could go on and on, but that is not what the podcast is about. However, if anyone is interested, the Human Rights Foundation is absolutely amazing and they do a touring freedom forum. So definitely check that out. Anywho, anywho. One thing that I do really admire about you, Callie, is that you, like I said, are destigmatizing female sexuality. And I think that it's really, really, really important that that does happen. I've been watching this Netflix show and it's like, it's a timepiece. And it's crazy to me in the show that one, women don't have any power or rights or anything, but women in the show were not allowed to have more than one sexual partner. And if they were, it was literally treasonous. Their heads get cut off, but the king can do whatever they want. Those are kind of structures that have trickled through to where we are now. And sometimes I think that people forget that that time period was actually not so long ago. Mm -hmm. And it is something that we still are working on. It's still a work in progress. But like I said, I don't really know much about the art world. I wanted to ask you about the power structures in art because I have only really had experience in the business world, which is predominantly male-oriented. And then also in the music industry, which is still also very heavily dominated by men. And it is getting better, but it is something that we're working on. But what is it like in the art world? Well, I personally don't have as much experience in the gallery circuit or the traditional like art world route because I quit my job and then basically COVID hit. Most of my stuff has been super independent. With that said, a lot of my mentors and a lot of people I look up to are men and they're a lot more successful than me and they're younger than me. And it's just, I think because like from the moment I picked up painting again at 28, there was a heavy like female empowerment message I was sending I haven't allowed myself to be like taken advantage of. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have much comment on that only because I only know what I've read about. And I've read that men are, are paid more for their art in general. Um, they're represented more. They have, high, they have more positions of power in like, you know, the dealer world or their curator world and stuff like that. Um, I'm excited for the world to open up so I can change that somehow. <laughs> I'm excited to figure it out, navigate it. I've been given a lot of support and information from men how to navigate it. So we'll see how that works out for me. But I really just need to kind of crank out paintings and then hope for the best. But I'm not going to settle for inequality in that realm when I get there. (laughs) Well, we are all cheering for you. I did just think that it was really important to touch on your response when I DM'd you to ask you to be on the show. I just thought it was so genuine and so kind, but also so important because you said something along the lines of anything to help a woman with their creative endeavor. And I just thought that that was so powerful because women are so underrepresented, not only in business and in power positions, but in the arts as well. And I really think that women have of course, equally as much to offer the world as any other gender. So I do think that that was very touching and I really appreciate you. You are so welcome. I I mean it. And anytime a woman comes into my DMs, if you're listening to this and you have any questions about anything, honestly, it could be about the weather. I just, I love women and I want them to have everything in the world. <laughs> yes, me too. You know? Queens. I have only one more question left for you. This one is kind of a staple in all of my episodes. In your time as an artist, have you had any embarrassing encounters so far in your career that you want to share with us? You know what? Yes. Because, okay, so 
the whole Zed shoot, um, the plan was to, I was going to paint the realism painting. I was going to paint the bodies as they were dancing, whatever. But I was also supposed to paint this like massive floor mural at the end of the video. And they were going to kind of CGI me out of it and have it kind of come to life. But they wanted me to make that mural out of the mess that we had made while we were dancing with the paint. Originally, I was going to have a few hours to do it, but the, you know, on set, everything runs over. So I had like less than an hour. They were like, take your time, but also like, please hurry up. And honestly, it was the worst piece of art I have ever created. And this is before I was like super tight with like everyone on set. And I walked out of there like, they're like, they, this was like supposed to be the climax. Like, I was so embarrassed. My friend, Allie, <laughs> my friend, Allie was assisting me. And I remember walking out of that being like, so distressed. I'm like talking all this game. They think I'm this talented artist and I'm literally make the worst piece of art. They cut it out of the video. It's like not even in the video. No. Oh no. My first thought though, at the end of that, I was like, if they put this in the video, my career is over. So I was so happy. they. Oh my God. I'm so happy they made that decision. I'm so picky about like the type of art I put out because I just want to preserve my reputation as a creative person. And that was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. (laughs) Oh, golly. Maybe one day I'll show you what it looked like. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Maybe some behind the scenes exclusives. If those images get leaked, it's like my news getting... It's over. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But the fact that they wanted you to paint the stuff that was on the floor, first of all, it had to be brown. All the colors definitely make it all brown. I don't know what you could paint in 30 minutes with feet marks. I don't know. I don't know. That just doesn't seem right. It was a mess. And then my dumbass decided to pour more paint onto the ground. Did <laughs> it more brown. It was just chaos. That's exactly what I would have done. If I had 10 hours though, I could have, I could have actually done something cool, but I had like less than an hour and I can't even like make a line drawing in less than an hour. So, so, um, Zed, if you're listening to this, which I of course expect you to be, um, we're just going to need a redo. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Do you have any advice for anybody who is looking to become an artist or just launch anything creative in general that we haven't already covered? Just do it. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And you're going to learn a lot. And you're, I find my biggest issue when I first started making art, it was like, what is my end goal? Like, where do I want to end up? Like, how do I get there? But I think as an artist, you really just got to take the first step and do the first thing. Like, obviously, like put thought into it and act and really be behind the idea fully. But you just got to start because every creative endeavor I've had, has evolved in ways I could not have predicted, but way better than I could have predicted as well. So I think the biggest thing is just do it. It's going to be terrifying, but just do it. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to jump. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Callie. It was so, so, so exciting to have you on. Before you go really quick, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. My Instagram is at Callie Rock, C-A-L-I-R-O-C-K. And in that bio, you can find my Sorry Dad page and my website and all the things. So I'm obsessed with them. And I'm looking forward to seeing Sorry Dad and all the rest of your creative endeavors flourish. Make sure everyone, if you are not already, follow Clock and Vibe Out on Instagram as well to stay up to date with all of the latest episodes. That's all I have for you this week. Thanks so much for listening. And I will be back next week with another episode. 